We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. U.S. Bank wants to know how you reward yourself because they have cards that make every day more rewarding. Are you a points order, cashback guru, low intro APR lover? With U.S. Bank, it's up to you because they have the cards to fit your lifestyle. So earn more whether you're shopping at a gas station or grocery store, even while planning a staycation. Learn more at usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. They're going to kill the love of my life. Daisy! If I don't go back to what I was doing. This Friday. Our line of work is quite brutal and quite ruthless. How far would you go for love? You steal truck, bring it to me. Then you make your money. Is it dangerous? Of course it's dangerous! Nicholas Holt, Felicity Jones, with Ben Kingsley and Anthony Hopkins. All this trouble, all this pain for love. Collide in theaters Friday. Rated PG-13. Maybe inappropriate for children under 13. Hey, it's Flo, and this is my impression of someone calling into Sports Talk Radio. Yeah, this is Flo, long-time caller, first time on air. I just wanted to say that I think it is absolute hogwash not to go out there and try Progressive's Name Your Price tool. You can see all your coverage options, and options are how you get rings, championship rings, and parades of rings. Finding options to fit your budget with the Name Your Price tool, only at Progressive.com. You know, not for nothing, but my favorite rings have candy on them. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company. Price and coverage match limited by state law. funny concept to me to get a haircut before a podcast. It's like putting makeup on before a radio show. You gotta look good no matter what you're doing. Whether <laughs> it's, you know. Fair enough. It gives me confidence in my absolutely terrible picks. <laughs> this is the Roto-Wire Fantasy Soccer Podcast. Your host, Andrew Laird, Mike Gottlieb. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Roto-Wire Fantasy Soccer Podcast. It is a Thursday afternoon. I apologize for it being so late in the week. Uh, it was unavoidable schedule-wise on my end. I will apologize 
But I will with with me as always is Andrew Laird, who's always available. How are you? <laughs> What's that supposed to mean? Well, I mean, you're the more reliable source than myself, especially if you're looking for advice. Fair enough. Fair enough. I'm hit and miss not only with my picks, but with the schedule this week. <laughs> but uh, before we go forward to game week 35, uh, let's take a look back a little bit at 34 because there were a couple of big storylines that uh, that might shape the rest of the season here. Then we'll get to the first one, uh, Chelsea, boring, boring Chelsea, uh, the nil-nil against Arsenal, and then the 3-1 victory against Leicester. With them, you know, being within real touching distance now of the of the title going forward, and this and apply this to any team that really doesn't have much to play for once they accomplish their goal. What do you, I mean? Is there a strategy you can take in terms of you know lesser known players or younger players? Do you feel that this is the time of the year where you'll start to see more interesting roster choices? I don't think they'll necessarily be starting choices like I think we'll see a lot of youngsters on the bench I would love to see Chelsea bring some of these guys up like uh Solanke and uh <clears throat> what's the uh Abraham Abraham yeah. Brown yeah they've got a lot of nice pieces and you would think that they would be able to close out the the title at home against Crystal frankly against anybody you know with with three points to win and that match at home, I would take Chelsea against anybody right now. I don't care. They could they could lose and still win the title. That's that's true as well. Uh, although I think does that rely on Arsenal losing at Hull? Correct. Yeah. So, and that game is actually after Chelsea. So it's on Monday. Yeah. yeah. So, but anyway, I, I'm going to take that. And so we were actually discussing about three minutes ago about Chelsea in terms of what happens if they do clinch, in terms of Diego Costa and. Frankly, Fabregas looks gassed, so he might as well, you know, take a seat. And you, I thought you were going to say he looks Fabregas. Oh, he looks Fabregas. Yeah, sorry, my mind doesn't think like yours in that respect. <laughs> well, but color me Fabregasted. But yeah, so I'm not sure what they what they do, but I, I I fully expect Chelsea to win and and clinch the title so that they can get their accolades at Anfield the following week. But I don't know, like, I'm not sure that there's any other club that really needs to lay off. So I'm not sure that we'll we'll see a lot of uh, rotation just in terms of, of actual fantasy-relevant players. Yeah, well, uh, one correction, it would be at home against Liverpool. They have two straight home games. Oh, did they? Oh, I'm sorry. Yes. I thought it was at Anfield. Uh-uh, because they just did two straight-away games this past week. Anyway, but um, basically with Chelsea, and, and, and speaking of that storyline, by the way, if Chelsea have to do the honor – if Chelsea gets to do the honor guard week 37, Seven, uh, 36, six. in game week 36, that would mean Steven Gerrard is in his final season in the Premier League, having never won the Premier League, is in the honor guard to celebrate the champions that are not him. Mm-hmm. Just the ultimate kick in the pants before going to Los Angeles. I suppose. I suppose. All right. So uh, let's go on to the to game week 35. Uh, we have an interesting slate of games here. Uh, the full time gamut. So we have a very early game on Saturday, 7.45 in the morning Eastern time. So make sure if your game accounts – if your daily format accounts for this game, I think there are a lot of options here. It is Leicester City at home against Newcastle. We were just talking about this recently. You disagree. You don't think that there's a ton of options here. Well, I, I said that right away. We, we're getting ready for our daily dose, and 
you said, oh, what's that early game? And I said, I don't think there are any, there aren't that many options. It's Leicester versus Newcastle. And as soon as that came out of my mouth, I knew that you were going to call me out on it. And I basically called myself out on it. Um, how I immediately said Jamie Vardy, and then you added, you know, excellent options like Albrighton and uh, Schmeichel certainly playing, you know, against a Newcastle side that uh, people love the term toothless, so we can use it here. But uh, any of the defensive options, Jeffrey Schloop too might be an option if, if he comes back from his injury. So it's weird to consider Leicester with so many options, but it helps when they're playing as they are and Newcastle are coming in to, you know, King Power Stadium. Yeah, and for for Newcastle, I mean, defensively they looked a little better, not much, but Fabricio Colaccini returns. Yep, and Cisse, Poppy Cisse doesn't return until May ninth, thirty seven. yeah, long time from now. Yeah, it was a long suspension. Yeah, so United got it. Well, Johnny Evans got. The same suspension, basically, or I, he one got game one less. one game less. But I think they had a the FA Cup match against Arsenal was in there, so he got basically five Premier League matches, whereas Cisse got seven, if I'm counting correctly. So, you know, yeah, it's Newcastle. Long band. <laughs> yeah, well, Newcastle, if they can get some continued collaboration between Cabela and Iosi Perez, and uh, Revelier looked pretty for the first time this season. Looked yeah. good last week. Yeah, only took him 35 weeks. Yeah, thirty-four. I guess some people take longer to adjust than others. (laughs) Yes, but I mean, for Leicester, for me, I would the only position I would avoid would be the defense. I mean, West Morgan, if Schlupp is not in, would be the guy I would go with. But by no means is that a confident pick. I mean, I I, if Jeffrey Schlupp is is playing, means he's probably playing forward as a winger, and that would be the reason why I would play him only because he's not playing defense, but he'll get defense points. Yeah, Robert Huth got hurt on Monday or on uh, excuse me Wednesday so he's out he's not a great fantasy contributor but he's a pretty important piece for them yeah. uh, he was a favorite of mine when he was at Stoke with yeah. him and Shawcross yeah so he's out most likely and uh, I think Koncheski's actually been playing a little further up so he's an interesting option but w- under what circumstance would you play any of the Newcastle guys meaning Perez or Cabela what matchup would you do it the end of the world. <laughs> if they were like home against Sunderland, would you consider? Or even no. at that point, yeah, you just look at No, because yeah. I think I, I would rather play in that situation, Patrick Van Onholt and Costal Pontillo. <laughs> Fair enough. So Fair enough. I think there would be more value in that direction than in the Newcastle. I mean, until Cissé comes back, there hasn't been a consistent offensive threat. We've, re- we've referenced this all the time. They've had flavors of the month. Yeah. You know, we've t- we talked about Gabby Obertown. We talked about Iosi Perez. Yeah. We talked about... Goufron, uh, Goufron, Goufron. It's just they, there's been no consistency about their forward play, about their midfield play, about the, uh, except for Daryl Yanmont at defense. I mean, there really hasn't been much in terms of consistency, and you have to think that comes from the the manager position because they really haven't been on stable ground all year with that. Yeah, uh, the, uh, the only guy I would add in is Jack Colback, who has a goal and assist in his last two, but. I, Consistency. I he mean, would literally just, have to be one dollar on any of the daily yeah. sites for me to consider him. Yeah, you'd have, they'd have to be at the minimum. Yeah, and even then, you're just, you're throwing a dart, and especially if you're using Colback as a midfielder. Yeah, I mean those are valuable points at midfield that you will not be getting. Yeah, most likely. Yep. All right, but uh, on the Leicester side, I actually like every. I mean, I like all the options. Yeah. If Riyad Mahrez starts, it'd be another. 
Uh, another guy I'd like to think that I'd be comfortable with, uh, but I'd need to see the the, the team sheet first. I'm not confident he's going to be starting. Yeah, Albrighton. Albrighton's really been starting ahead of him. Yeah, he looks so, really good. Yeah, so Albright and Albrighton. To be honest, that was kind of a lucky goal. Yeah, against Chelsea because yep. Aspilicueta did slip. Yep, but. He was there. You, you, you can't discount the fact that he was there. Yep, and he finished and, it. And he did, unlike Cesc Fabregas. Yeah, exactly. Oh, God. Yeah, but well, anyway, we'll move on to Sunderland, who are at home against Southampton. Both teams are kind of struggling, to be honest. If you, I mean, not surprising from Sunderland, but definitely surprising from Southampton. But we talked about last week if Connor Wickham is the, the, the saving grace of, of Sunderland. Do you think he gets another goal? No. I'm... Um, perfectly content playing defensive options for Southampton. They're going to look a little different, though, because uh, Morgan Schneiderlin was ruled out for the season with a knee injury, and Tadic is out this week because of a groin, although he hasn't really been starting. So we'll actually see a little bit. You know, maybe, Hel- Helia will probably yeah, get a run. Well, it'll be Elia, or they might. Stephen Davis has been getting some starts. James, James Ward-Prowse. Ward-Prowse. Yeah, so I think they'll – I mean, they, they have guys that they can fill in, but um, – Victor Wanyama's back from his suspension, so he'll slot probably right into yeah. Schneiderlin's spot. But yeah, both of those guys may be gone next year from Southampton. The pretty strong rumors for Schneiderlin going to Tottenham, and then Wanyama's been on Arsenal's radar for a little while. Yeah, I mean Schneiderlin was on Arsenal. It was linked with Arsenal. I think we had discussed that. That I wonder if they kind of subconsciously realize that they're both essentially trying out for Arsenal. But yeah, I'm not. Frankly, I'm not sure Arsenal. Re- not that Arsenal doesn't need them, but. I'm not sure Arsenal is going to overpay for either of those guys, given how well uh, Francis Coughlin's been this year. Just because, yeah, if they want to continue only using one holding midfielder, then I understand. Yeah, I, I'm, I, not, I, I'm not sure if that's what Wenger wants to do going forward. But enough about the future of Arsenal. Sorry, Let's yeah. talk about the present of Southampton. Yeah, Southampton. I like I like everything on the Southampton side here, even though it's um, at Sunderland. I, I have no interest in Connor Wickham or Jermaine Defoe or Jack Rodwell or any of these guys that you know. Southampton, you know, they've been struggling, although Graziano Pelle is starting to play a little better of late. So, What do you know? An inverse relationship. Pelle doing well, Southampton doing poorly. Yeah, well. Just when they don't need it. Yeah, what's strange about it is that they're not really losing any that much ground with Liverpool or, or Spurs for that, you know, f- basically five spot. Although we've talked about how five, six, and seven are, or at least five and six are locked up for Europa and seven could be if Arsenal wins the FA Cup. But, you know, you would think that all three want to finish in fifth as opposed to uh, um, seventh. So You'd rather get that guaranteed spot. Yeah, in a tournament nobody wants to play in. It's, it is a little bit of a poison chalice. Uh, but on the Southampton side, are you concerned at all with the lack of output from Bertrand and from Nathaniel Klein recently? A little bit, but I think you know the ability to play them this week with a clean sheet opportunity as well I think is more than enough to – to still weren't playing them. Yeah, I I just always get nervous whenever I try to play goaltenders or defenders on the road. Yeah, no, that's understandable. I mean, in terms of DraftKings, you know, they give you points for for crosses, and you know, two games ago, or maybe I guess it's three now that Klein had eight. You know that they've got upside that not a lot of not all kinds of defenders have after uh, Kieran Trippier. I'm looking how Bertrand had nine last week, so yeah. you know they're still they're still pretty active, and like I said, I like the even the clean sheet opportunity here this week. Although yeah, I liked it last yeah. week with Sunderland at home and they scored one second into the game. So, or yeah, one it's minute, just, yeah, I don't like that it's either one or the other. Yeah. So you have to kind of 
you know, yeah. 50-50 it. You know, yeah. you and it sort of makes sense. You know, you don't really want both of them flying up the field at the same time. So. I disagree. <laughs> Fair <laughs> I, enough. I think you should. I think that's how you get width. And when teams are packing it in, you need the width. Yeah. All right, but we'll go on to Swansea at home against Stoke, two teams that probably couldn't care less about this game now. They just want to get on vacation. Uh, Swansea, I mean, Nelson Oliveira scored. Yeah, and I think you and Chris both ranked him. I think I stayed away just because... Because he's Nelson Oliveira. Yeah, he's not really exactly. I, I, exactly. I, understand, I, just, I understand that. Yeah, I, I'm, I wouldn't have him in, in really... Yeah, I, I ranked him 13th and Chris ranked, um, I want to say 10th. Yeah, yes. The, 10th. the, what I gather from, from Stoke is that they really want to hit the 50 point mark. They're at 47 right now. Swansea's already at 50. And so I'm not sure what Swansea has to play for. You know, they, they, I feel like they keep having to make up goals because they've, they've hit all of the ones that they've wanted to, you know, like they want to be in the top half of their eighth. Now they want to be at 50 points. They got to 50. They're seven points behind uh, Southampton and eight points behind Spurs and Liverpool, so they're not they're not going to make that ground up to qualify for Europa. Definitely not. So I'm not sure what they what they're playing for. Uh, Stoke, you know, if you want to say they're going for that 50 point mark, you know, 50 points not, not is not nothing in the Premier League. So you know that's, that's yeah. Nice. I get, but these I teams are that. so incredibly similar. Like Swansea has 14 wins and 12 losses. Stoke is 13 and 13. They've got the same goal differential. I mean, I'm not sure you can find two clubs that are more similar other than maybe Everton and West Ham who are actually yeah. almost exactly the same now that I'm looking at it. The, these games are, uh, if, you, if you want to relate this to kind of American sports, these, uh, these games are the victims of the way that the Premier League works. So if you are in the middle, kind of like you know, with the NFL, if you're, you, just, you just don't want to be 8-8. Eight and eight. Because it's hard to get out of eight and eight. I feel like if you're a mid-table club, it's hard to get out of mid-table too. Yeah, I totally agree. And it's kind of what why Everton was such a big deal last year because they, I think they really are just a mid-table team. But did they finish fifth last year? Did they? They did, right? For that yes, Europa spot, because they got the Europa spot, right? So like that's a big deal. Um, they're you know they've fallen back to tenth this year because that's. You know, that's and and to, and on that point, they've looked significantly better since being eliminated from Europa. Yeah, yep. Which I'm I'm not sure how much. Maybe it's because it's Europa and not the Champions League. But like, I feel like there's a this huge, uh, you know, detriment to playing European football. But you know, the the top four are they, that's what they want. You know, and and they play through it all year. But I guess the difference between playing Wednesday and Saturday is so much better than playing Thursday and Sunday. Like I, it's also, you have to travel to farther away places that are not as nice. And you don't get, you know, going to Romania is not the same as going to Paris. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. Just to throw no or, offense to our Romanian the, yeah. listeners here. But. Yeah, exactly. Or the Ukraine. I, I heard that's a wonderful place to be this time of year. <laughs> but it, 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 that, that, I think that's part of the difference. These guys aren't used to traveling that far. To be yeah. honest, they're not used to the long plane trips. They're used to the three-hour drives. Yeah, because that's how long it takes to get anywhere in England without traffic. <laughs> right. But uh, anyway, we've gone on way too much about this. We'll go on to West Ham against Burnley, uh, being where they blow bubbles in West Ham. And for this matchup, I mean, West Ham have been kind of packing it in. Burnley cannot score still. It's it's getting to be sad. Yeah, they 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 are trying so hard, and 
they're they're going down fighting, but it doesn't look it. Yeah, and you wonder, not that Danny Ings is, tra- well, it's not a transfer at all, but the there was so much talk of him being such a great summer signing. Whenever you know wherever he goes, Liverpool seemed like a done deal, and now anything having to do with him is so quiet because of how poorly they've played. You know, I don't think there's any chance they're they're staying up. Yeah, yeah. There's one player who's been playing very well, regardless, and that's Kieran Trippier. Y- yes, but I'm not sure he's. I mean, he's been very good at crossing the ball. He's he yeah that, he it's it's more than that. I mean, it, it, but that that's important. But he's also been very good at getting back, uh, even when he's in an advanced position. His defense obviously could be improved as he's young. I mean, he's not. He's not John Terry. I'm yeah. not going to say it, it anything seems like, like that. Of a team, of, of a position that can affect the team the least, would you expect it to be the fullbacks? Like, he's not a huge I, central defender to, to help around the box. And I think one of the key separators in games of like the elite teams is their ability to get wide. And so let's say Real Madrid with Marcelo mm-hmm. or with uh, Barcelona with you know Jordi Alba or with Danny Alves when he was playing. Mm-hmm. When you look at Bayern Munich when Philip Lahm was playing as the right back. Mm-hmm. Uh, when you, yeah, the, list, the list goes on and on and on. Uh, when these teams get wit, because they're used to playing teams that just want to keep them out. Yeah. And the way you beat that is to get wide and work from the wide from the width in. And if you have those players out wide, then you're you're going to do great. I mean, Everton are experiencing it now. They're playing a lot better. Leighton Baines is getting much more involved. Yep. Yeah, that's fair. Um, but at the same time, I'm just not sure how much impact he's he specifically is having on yeah. the game. Oh, well, I'm not going. I'm not. Yeah, and I'm not trying to say that he's going to be like this blockbuster. You know, headline transfer like yeah. likes of Luke Shaw, which was just wow. We've seen where that's gone. Yikes! But it, it's it's something to to look at from Burnley because the way he crosses, you just have to feel like if there are better players in the middle, I mean, he'd be having a very good year in assists. I yeah. mean, better and, than and yet, and yet we're talking about potential. His teammate is a potential starting striker for Liverpool. I doubt it. I I I mean, Danny Ings is fine. He's a good. He's 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 just another guy. Yeah, I think he's, he's a, a good. He's a, he's, he's a good guy to have on the roster. No, I mean, if you, remember last year, Ricky Lambert looked great. Yeah, and then he went to Liverpool and didn't do anything. So it's. Do you think if if Premier League managers get a phone call from anybody at Southampton, like, are you interested in? You should just hang up. Well, I've compared them to the A's in the past, but uh, they know something that other teams don't. Right, and, and they get rid of these guys rather easily like how many guys have left Southampton and have been significantly better at least in the recent term uh, I'm trying to think of it um, not many I mean some of them got injured which is not fair to judge like Callum Chambers for example or so that, or or did they know that no he's an injury prone player if you hold on if you don't know a player is injury prone that's your fault Right, you but know, I'm saying, just did Southampton know? No, I doubt just, that. No. I doubt that. Uh, I mean, the, if, I if you don't know a player consistently gets injured, first of all, if you hide that information, I'm not sure what the, what the rules are there in England for that. 
But sure. if you're hiding injury information, that's one. Yeah. That's another. Uh, what do they call it? another kettle of fish? But uh, we can we can get more into that though as uh, you know as the off season approaches. But uh, back to the West Ham Burnley on the West Ham side, is Enter Valencia still worth anything? Ugh. It's one of these matchups that you have to look at them because they're playing home against Burnley. But and he's rumored to go to Chelsea, by the way. Enter Valencia. Yeah, he's... Mourinho loves him. Really? Huh. Uh, he would. I mean, he'd be a very fine third striker for them. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He'd but, be just. He'd be just another guy. Yeah, but, I think uh, there are only a few clubs, a few opponents that you would realistically yeah. consider Valencia starting, and this Burnley happens to be one of them. Yeah, and on the West Ham side, I mean, this is kind of the battle of the young, promising, you know, fullbacks because Aaron Cresswell, who plays left back for mm-hmm. West Ham. The other player that I tipped at the beginning of the season as a potential fantasy guy. Yeah. Good call on both. Yeah. I, I, I occasionally get a couple right. Now, yeah, I think he's a, you know, he's a definitely a solid play. And you could even look uh, on the other side for Carl Jenkinson because they both love to throw crosses in. And Jenkins is probably, you know, cheaper in most formats. Yeah. And, you know... This this game feels very low scoring, not only because Burnley are involved, but I don't think West Ham looked very good going forward either. I agree. Yes, they haven't looked great going forward since Andy Carroll's gone down. Yeah. yeah. And, and losing Sacco also didn't, you know, yeah. that obviously hurts them pretty well. Yeah, but yeah. I mean, but Sacco wasn't doing great when Carroll wasn't there, right? The second time. True. Yep. So it's just. Yeah, they have uh, two goals in their last four games. Yeah. They came at Leicester. And home against Stoke. Yeah. All right. And uh, let's go on to Liverpool at home against QPR. This is a game that's at least worth watching, unlike the th- unlike a couple others that we've been talking about. Yeah. But uh, QPR, they're they're definitely going down, at least offensively fighting. Mm-hmm. Um, Liverpool have been. I mean, besides the game against Hull, which was just weird. Like I was watching that game against Hull in the midweek. I didn't know what team I was watching. I mean, Liverpool just looked out of sorts. Yep. And I, I don't know if they resigned to their fate after the nil-nil with West Brom. I don't know if they're just kind of relenting or if it's just a, a, a short lull or, you know, if, if they don't have any fighting spirit, I think QPR can really take it to them. Yeah, I, I completely agree. Um, I mean, I'm not sure there was any part of this season where we would have said, you wouldn't play Charlie Austin at Liverpool, right? I mean, well, yeah, last week I wouldn't have because I had ranked Mignolet very highly, but but you ranked him highly because he wasn't playing. I'm just saying, like, we, you would take your chances most like most times against a Liverpool defense with a you know top goal scorer in the league. Yeah. So I guess I still don't consider Charlie Austin a top goal scorer in the league, even though he has a lot of goals. Yeah, I mean, well, I meant it. In, in terms of uh, actual production. Yeah, I'm aware. Facts. Facts, yes. Not my opinion. I understand. <laughs> what is he? Thir- is he fourth? Third? Uh, I, I don't have it in front of me, but I do believe he's uh, third. Fourth. He's fourth. Okay. Aguero, Kane, and Costa. I thought he had tied Costa. He's uh, two back, 17. Next Never is much. Giroud and Sanchez at 14. But yeah, I, 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 I like Charlie Austin this week because I don't, I don't like... Liverpool's defense, despite Simone Mignolet being the greatest fantasy keeper in the history of fantasy Premier League, or yeah, whatever I mean, it was you said, he is the number one goaltender. And with a clean sheet last week, 
plus a second game of points, which was not many, but I'm sure he maintained it. I don't Probably. think I don't think Steve Harper passed him with his performance. <laughs> no, though uh, you do you do uh, not get the the victory bonus from a scoreless draw on uh, DraftKings or Draft Goal, I believe. Yeah, but at least you get the clean sheet, though. I mean, yep. that's really what you're looking for. And, and Liverpool are looking better defensively, to be honest. Uh, I think that they're doing a good job. But if they're if they've lost the energy now, because realistically they're not going to get to fourth. We can. I, I, this could be a trap, especially because because they, they might be looking ahead to the game against Chelsea. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not saying that QPR has this like great attack, but I think we may be overstating Liverpool's defense based on their recent run because they have they've they're playing horrible opponents. I mean, they when they they lost two one to Man U, four one to to Arsenal, then they blanked Newcastle. Then the 2-1 loss to Aston Villa in the FA Cup. And then the scoreless draw with West Brom and a one nothing loss to Hull. I mean, Hull, West Brom, and Newcastle aren't exactly a stellar trio of attacking teams. They're not the 1927 Yankees. Right. So, so are, is it possible we're reading a little too much into this? And that, or we're not reading enough into it, excuse me. Yeah, yeah, and it's not like QPR are world beaters either, but yep. Bobby Zamora, to me, is an interesting candidate too, if he starts, yeah. which he has been. Yeah, I mean, you have to, we obviously need to talk about Matthew Phillips because he just, he's good. He's, yeah, certainly <laughs> in, in crossing, you know, in leagues that give crossing like DraftKings, you have to, he has to be on a radar. Yeah, and he's also just playing very well as, as a wide man. Yep. Again, when you get width, good things tend to happen. Yeah. So it's just, you know, it's it's just it's just one of those things where, you know, because of where we are in the season, it's getting harder and harder to predict. Not that it's ever easy to anyway, that's why they play the games. But Liverpool QPR to me, I really think that QPR is a chance to nick it at the end here. Mm-hmm. I completely agree with you. All right. So uh, we'll move on to Aston Villa at home against Everton. I like both teams now. They're both playing very well. Uh, for Aston Villa being at home, I mean, Tim Sherwood has led them to, to safety, Premier League safety. So, you know, Prince William can relax a little. But Are, are we sure that's true? I, 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 Points-wise, I know that they're, they're still possible. But Do you know how much they're out of the drop zone? I think it's by at least two or three points. Two. Two points and Sunderland have a game in hand. It's against Arsenal, so maybe that maybe. Yeah, exactly. although who knows? I, I don't really count Sunderland's game in hand, to be honest. I'm not that's anticipating fair. any points there. That's fair, but they're only two out. I'm not sure that's great safety if if they don't get any points this weekend. I think that there's. I, I mean, I think it's. I think it's a little deceiving. Do you know who they play next week? Uh, I'm not looking at. I'm not looking at it right now, so, but. They're remaining, so they play home against West Ham next week. Yeah, back to back matches. That, Everton that doesn't and West sound Ham. too. That doesn't sound too difficult. I, I agree with you there. The following week is at Southampton. I still, I don't think that's difficult either. By this point, I'm not sure. Well, I'm going to disagree that with point, you. On I that think one. you're playing against teams that aren't playing for much. But you have to score, and I'm not sure at Southampton is a place they're going to get a ton of goals. With Christian Benteke playing as well as he is. Well, we'll see how well he is in. In two more weeks. I mean, yeah, yeah. But the best, the best one is May twenty fourth, the finale. They play home against Burnley. I mean, that's that'll be it, right? 
Uh, Bur- I, I think Burnley will be out of it. You by think then. they'll be out by then? That's yeah. fair. That's fair. But I'm, I, I'm not, I'm not saying Aston Villa is safe. Uh, it, I think it's a four-horse race for relegation. Okay. I think it's Leicester, Sunderland, QPR, Burnley, and really, I think it's three. I, I think Burnley are already gone. Yeah. Just goal differential to they're just they're they're not going to make up the ground they need to. They're going to need to win it on points, and they can't get three points when they need to because um, they can't score goals. Yeah, Leicester have a four goal lead in goal differential over Aston Villa. Uh, yes, <laughs> but <laughs> and QPR has one goal lead. I I also think Aston Villa have a level to reach playing wise that the others don't, and. It, Regardless, uh, I, I this, this, I understand your facts are getting in the way of my opinion, but I'm not changing my opinion. I really do feel like Aston Villa are safe. Yeah. Okay. But uh, as controversial as that may sound, I really do believe it. And if they go, if if Aston Villa go down, that would be the best team ever to get relegated. I agree with you. Uh, I mean, because you're looking at 50 million pounds of transfers at least if they go down. Do you think it's that much? Yeah, because there's going to be a lot of players leaving. Yeah, but how many are really growing? After Benteke, how many are really getting that much money? Carlos Sanchez got double digits, just to name one. Scott Sinclair is probably going to. Oh, he's, he's gone. Scott Sinclair's yeah, he's not theirs. Yeah, he's. Uh, I, I think Brad Guzan would leave. Mm-hmm. Agbon Lahore. Agbon Lahore would leave. It, it, just exactly. not sure you're getting that much money for those guys. Grealish would get a decent amount of money if he wanted to leave because he's young. Yeah. Maybe 50 was too high. Maybe 40, 35, 40. Because you're going to get 20, 25 at least out of Benteke. Yeah. So it's just... Shouldn't that be who Chelsea goes after? I don't know. Or is it that uh, you don't really want to bring him in to play behind Costa? Yeah. That's behind the, meaning depth yeah, chart that's behind. That's the point. Yeah. yeah. It's... Anyway, we can get... We, we have plenty of time for all... Sorry, sorry, yep. I don't want to derail the conversation more than we already have. So, so yeah, speaking of that, I love Benteke this week, homie, against Everton. Like, I, yeah. I'm still not sold on Everton, particularly on the road. So if Aston Villa get three points, would you feel safe then? Yes. Okay. So at least they're close to you. All right, so, so Everton side, Leighton Baines is back to being Leighton Baines. He was the highest-priced uh, defender mm-hmm. now. He passed uh, Trippier on DraftKings. Uh, maybe he'll take a penalty one of these days. <laughs> you know, Unbelievable. He'll Unbelievable. Reach full, he'll reach his full value as the captain. You yeah. Know? But uh, Romelu Lukaku, would you feel, uh, which Belgian do you feel more comfortable with? Benteke. And yeah. I'll throw another Belgian in for you. Kevin Morales. No, I'm not even sure he plays. <laughs> he did score last week. Yeah, he did. Off the bench. Yes. I'm still not sure that's going to get him in. Yeah, I think, oh well, yeah, because Aaron Lennon's playing well and so is Ross Barkley. Yep. Yeah, I, Barkley I think, clearly he, I think he can get in front of Leon Osmond, but I just don't think personally uh-huh. that... I'm not sure about that either. Uh, that, 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 that's a low-down, dirty shame, because <laughs> he's significantly better. But anyway, we'll go on here to uh, Manchester United at home against West Brom. Tony Pulis, of course, just keeps on making us look foolish. <laughs> Blanks Liverpool last mm-hmm. week, and he pulled the double here against the impressive opponents in blank United. It's going to be a weird United team. Rooney's out with his ankle injury, and so... Is Carrick still out is the yep, key? I, I believe he is. Yeah, if Carrick, so I'll, I'll take it. I mean, it, Carrick... Carrick is, is a maybe, I think, so I'm not going to yeah, say he's I, out. Carrick has been the linchpin yep, for me. Absolutely. They've looked great when he's playing, and they haven't looked close to good with him not playing. Totally agree. 
at the beginning of the year, everyone thought it was because Daly Blinn was injured. I, I think history has showed us that that's not the case. Yeah. I mean, Michael Carrick not being featured, first of all, for England has been a crime over the past few years. But now for United, it's just been it, – it's it showed how good he is. Yeah, he – don't really know what you have until it's gone. Totally agree. And he's an excellent play on draft goal. They – the way they're – scoring system works it's just it's huge for uh defensive midfielders like him Matic I think is the third highest scoring player in draft goal and it just plays right into Carrick's game so if he plays because if there's anything that everyone loves to root for it's midfield interceptions recovered balls and interceptions yes all right uh yeah I I completely agree with you and I if he comes back they're a totally different team but I I wonder what we'll what we'll see here because Van Persie's now played for the under 21s twice and well, he's composite wise among us three. We ranked him fourth overall. Yeah, I, you and Chris had him at four. I had him at five. Composite got him to four. And so, if we like you know, him, it, I, we like him if he starts. And yeah, and at, I even at, threw Falcao on there. I threw them both on there. Yeah, so I put Falcao at fifteen. Yeah, I, I'm I, not convinced they don't go both of them up front. I was thinking about that as well. Um, the only hesitation I have is neither of them are really great at passing to similar players, if that makes sense. Like I, I think each one works well with Rooney, but I'm not sure those two together make a whole lot of sense. Yeah. And I, I, won- I, sh- I should have ranked James Wilson. I knew it. Well, I don't think Wilson will get the start. Okay, I, I, yeah. I think they'll play one of him, but I wonder if it's time for Di Maria to get back in. That would be, or I mean, I mean, yeah. I mean, Di Maria behind them too. Right. Well, makes sense. Yeah, I mean, certainly that's where he should be. I'm not sure that's even what will happen because no. Van Hall was playing Di Maria so far up that I wonder if he'll go with Van Persie and Di Maria. Oh, that's too much left-footedness. And, <laughs> and then, well, and then to add to your left-footedness, Juan Mata. Mata behind them, yeah. And Daly Blind behind him. Right, right. Just way too, like I said, way too much left-footedness. I, I too think left, too, uh, a, good, a good right-handed pitcher uh, gets them all. A good left-handed pitcher gets them all out. Yeah, I think the... I think if Van Persie starts, well, obviously if Van Persie starts and Di Maria starts, I think it's Fellaini who goes back to the bench. That's because I don't think it's a shame. Yeah, I don't think. I mean, mean, he's only played so well that the that the the champions elect decided to play man to man defense against him to shut him down. Yeah, he's only been that good. Well, he's well, yes, but he's he's been a little quiet since you know. Yeah, because people kind of figured it out. Yeah, so. Anyway, West Brom side. I mean, no, there's there's nothing. No, there. I'm not going to say no. I, you know, there's nobody nobody's going to be surprised if Barry stake your reputation on. Right. If you want to throw a dart, you know, if Boaz Myhill is cheap enough, sure, why not? Oh, I, I wouldn't go defensively. Actually, I I was thinking more in the Barahino realm. Chris Brunt actually has been starting at uh, right back, left back. I don't know which side he plays on. Pass, but he's he's been starting there. Well, he's been throwing in a ton of crosses recently. Yeah, yeah, so he takes for, corners. Yeah, and so he's um, trying to see here. Yeah, who knows? Maybe Craig Gardner will score from forty yards away. Well, yeah. Actually, now that I'm looking, Brunt has only had two crosses in the last two games. So, egg on my face. Well, there. I think it's mostly corners that you're thinking of. Could be, could be. But yeah, I, I don't. I mean, Manchester United's defense has never been that yeah. impressive to me. Yeah, especially this, if Carrick sits because he's kind of. Yeah, know. this Saturday slate is is underwhelming from an excitement point of view. There's not a lot of games to get excited about. Yep. 
But I think when you move on to Sunday, there's more to get excited about because Chelsea are at home against Crystal Palace. This matchup in itself is not that important. It's a London derby, kind of. But <laughs> it's it's really, you know, the, the storyline here is Chelsea can win the title. Yep, they're going to pile, well, pile on the defense. From Yeah, from what we've gathered, it sounds like Costa's going to sit out again, which is such a bummer since we ranked him so highly this week with the expectation he would return. But... Yeah, well, you know, as we said before the pod, well, there's no... Mourinho said he wouldn't risk his fitness. Right. When's right. he ever going to risk his fitness? <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, so he didn't really reveal anything. Yeah, well, we know that... typical Mourinho. We know that um, Remy's not going to start. Uh, we're taping this on a Thursday. Mourinho usually does his press conferences Friday uh, mornings on the east coast of the United States. So we'll know tomorrow, at least we'll get a picture of, of whether Costa plays, because he's usually, strangely enough, he's usually pretty open about whether guys will or will not play, but at least in his Friday conferences. So if maybe it's Drogba again, um, he scored. Yeah. It was kind of weird because he, did he start Wednesday? Did he start Wednesday or no? Yes. Oh, he did start Wednesday. Yeah. So he scored Wednesday in his start. Um, he didn't start on, on Sunday when Oscar almost died playing in that role. So we, do you want to get into the, into the head injury protocol or do you want to save that for another show? I'll simply Let's, say that I, you know, did we talk about it last week or was it the week before? One of them, yeah. That, um, yeah, you made a point that I tend to agree on the side of uh, Taylor Twelman that yeah, they just uh, completely ignored. Yeah, and the Oscar one was very was scary. I mean, the, he was literally like trembling on the field and yeah. was obviously unconscious, and he kept playing. And they removed him at halftime, and they, I feel like it was kind of announced, like, okay, they they're doing their job because they removed him at halftime. It's like, yeah, but he he played like another ten minutes before, and yeah. maybe it was even more than that because I think it happened in like the fifteenth minute. But <clears throat> that was downright dangerous. He was on the bench for Wednesday's match. He didn't play, so yeah, you know who knows what uh, uh, that. But and, and, and there's been discussion like, what can what should they do? And I mean, the rule. I mean, everyone keeps saying, hey, this should just add a four sub. No, people are going to abuse that. Yeah, especially if you just do it for injury, because everyone feigns injuries anyway. Yeah, well, yeah. Exactly. I, I think you need to just put a disclaimer on it. If you use the fourth sub, one of your four subs, like one of the players that came out, has to miss the next game. So make it a true injury situation, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. So, for example, in this in in Chelsea's case, you know, they would have just said Oscar's going to miss the next game. Yeah, I think I think we, the benefit in the idea there is that you knew that they had a game three days later, whereas. It, not that you can, you know, recover from a, a serious concussion in six days, which is what they, you know, six or seven days, what they usually have in between games. But that's an interesting idea. I don't know. Yeah, it, it's it's just something that I thought of at the top of my head. We can discuss that again as the season is winding down. We'll start talking about more extraneous topics because, to be honest, some of the teams are really, you know, you've noticed it in some of their play already that it's just it's not the same. It's not as intense. Yeah. Speaking but of Crystal the, Palace in that in that regard. Oh my goodness. Terrible. I, I I'm so I feel like a jilted like a jilted lover here. Like because I, Hull did it too earlier and now that Yeah, it's a repeat of Hull. Like yeah. I, I, I opened my heart again to a team that wasn't Chelsea and they just they just crapped on it. Yeah. Yeah, I'm sorry. I and I've and long, now their running is terrible. Yeah, I've long been um, ignoring players playing at Stamford Bridge this season. You know, some of it has been to my detriment, but I'll happily take Chelsea at home against most opponent. You know, every opponent I've said this season. And so we get to Crystal Palace, who we've loved 
recently, and there's not a single guy on this roster I'll touch. Not one. Uh, I have a funny feeling I will not be using a Crystal Palace player for the rest of the season. Their yeah. run-in is at Chelsea, home to Manchester United, at Liverpool, and then home to Swansea. Maybe in the last week of the season. But yeah. But even not then, it's probably, you're probably not. In fact, that last uh, that, that last week will be fun because I wonder if we'll go heavy on Leicester and Burnley and Aston Villa because they'll just be going balls out. Huh. Pun certainly intended. <laughs> we will move on here because, uh, I mean, other than Chelsea winning the title, yes, you start all your Chelsea options if you yep. have them. It's yep. really not, it's not rocket science. Yeah. So, I guess we should note that I, I think Courtois will probably be back after sitting with a little hips soreness. He was off the, available off the bench for Wednesday, but... It's probably just to make sure that Peter Cech was still alive. Yep, sure. And he was, and he actually actually played pretty well. Yeah, he did. Uh, he'll look great in an Arsenal kit next year, right? We'll see. We'll see. All right. Uh, but the, the key matchup of the weekend, if you're thinking of the biggest and brightest teams, would be Tottenham at home against Manchester City. But the lust, some of the luster's been taken out of this one for me. Um, Tottenham, I think they're kind of just seeing their way through the rest of the season. They're kind of on autopilot to me. Uh, I think Pochettino wants to see what he has for next year. Uh, Manchester City just want to make sure they finish second. Yeah, I think Man City certainly have something to play for, and Aguero has just been awesome recently, so I, I would have no problem playing him. In fact, I probably I don't, think like... I don't think there's an option here that you would... Re- like, I think you're starting all of your options on both of these teams that are not out of the ordinary. Uh, totally agree. With, with Danny Rose's injury, that throws a wrench into it. I think he's going to be back, though. Yeah, but how confident are you there? That he plays? That he plays effectively and worth and he's worth starting. Well, you're you're certainly not taking him for his clean sheet potential. So, I mean, uh, I guess yeah, you have to play. Yeah, and you're not realistically starting Joe Hart or I mean, you know, the only the only you're going Chelsea. You're going Chelsea on Sunday for defensive options. Yeah, but I guess there's. There's one there's one caveat I would throw into it, and that's Alexander Kolarov. Yep. Yep, I like that. The guy's awesome. And he's now, you know, he takes the free kicks from, you know, usually. Pretty well, too, I've heard. Yeah, very well. So, yeah, I like, yeah, that's a good call on Kolarov. But, but uh, what's I'm funny is I'm, I'm, more confi- I'm almost more confident playing the Man City attackers at White Hart Lane than I am at the Etihad. <laughs> yeah, they've been pretty bad. Uh, but, but yeah, Yaya Torre's out. That's the only thing you have to worry about. So yeah. I wonder if you could get like a surprise start from Frank Lampard, New York City FC's Frank Lampard. Blah. I'll believe it when <laughs> I see it. All right. Uh, we'll go on to the last game of the weekend. It's Monday, May 4th. It will be Hull City at home against your Arsenal. Uh, I mean, how disappointed were you in Arsenal's performance against right. Chelsea last week? And that doesn't translate over. There's no. There was no thought in my mind that they were going to score multiple goals against Chelsea. And I I kind of expected Chelsea to win one nothing. I didn't expect Arsenal to hold them out. Even as much as everybody was sort of saying that um they were gonna Chelsea was gonna park the bus, which They did not. They, right. Not in the first half. Sorry. In the second half they kinda did towards the end. But well that's, what, that's what's funny right. is it was actually towards the end where they had so many options and uh all Arsenal did was basically foul Eden Hazard before he could get out yeah. uh, in the open field. What was that tweet that you shared with me? Like, blank takes yellow card for Right, blank Eden takes Hazard. yellow card for, for foul on Eden Hazard, yeah. Um, because that's all they did. And um, from the way that we've seen Arsenal over over the years and some of this year, the, Arsenal have been winning some big games, 
but they this season, but they just they don't come against uh, Jose Mourinho, and so the, the, I was fact that it's never been. it's never happened. Yeah, so I don't I didn't expect it to happen, and so a zero zero result was exactly what what I was really expecting. I'd say that I missed a vast majority of the game because I was at my son's first uh, soccer. I don't even want to call it practice because he's four, but basically his first organized soccer session was at 11 o'clock AM Eastern on the East coast, which was right when Chelsea and Arsenal kicked off. But um, frankly, I knew that it was going to be a terrible game. And so I'm, I'm glad I didn't have to watch it. And in his first game, I believe I heard reports that he scored. His right. He had more goals goal. than Chelsea and Arsenal that day. Correct. So yeah, I but yeah, I th- yeah you have a future there. That's yeah, all I'm I, don't, saying. I don't think there's anything to read into that game in terms of this game that I think Arsenal can um, go there and just smash Hull. I'm not sure that they're going to shut them out though. I think Hull, Hull definitely play much better at home, and Dame Enjoy has I think has scored every one of his goals um, at home. So he has I, preferred scoring at home. Yeah, I, I didn't. Uh, I'll, I'll be honest, I didn't look at the DraftKings Sunday. Um, lineups, but I'm assuming that they're including the Monday games, and I would be more confident in the Chelsea defenders than the Arsenal ones this weekend. Uh, I mean, I'm biased, but I agree. Yeah. Uh, so take that with a grain of salt. But speaking of DraftKings, we will move on to our daily dose here. We have the Saturday slate without the early game, because that's what you specified. So no Mark <laughs> Albrighton, no Wes Morgan, no Jeffrey Schlupp, no Casper Schmeichel, no Jamie Vardy in these lineups because they're not available to us. It's not that we don't think that they're good. I would recommend them. However, for this intensive purpose, we're playing the late edition of the Saturday game. With that in mind, my goalkeeper, Kelvin Davis, one of three, or sorry, four active goalkeepers to have ever saved three <laughs> consecutive penalties. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was a fun little trivia question just for prosperity. It's Rob Green as one for when he was, when he was with West Ham. Alan McGregor at Hull City did it in two thousand. Uh, his third one came in two thousand fourteen, and most recently Adrian of West Ham. So after that useless bit of trivia, Kelvin Davis is my goalkeeper, and I paid the premium for the two best defenders again: Leighton Baines, Kieran Trippier. Hmm. I <clears throat> sorry, totals of forty five hundred, fifty seven, and fifty six hundred. I had Trippier as well. I think he's a automatic play for anybody that especially in this slate, and we can get to why in a, in a second, but I, we talked about this before the podcast that Sam Allardyce announced that Reese Burke is probably going, or will start again this week. He started in place of uh, Winston Reed last week. Reed is out again, and so Burke is going to get the start. West Ham playing at home against Burnley. Burke is 2800 bucks. He doesn't do anything offensively, so don't, don't expect... I guess he took one shot last week, but don't... He's a statue. Yeah, so... He's a statue that gets in the way of the ball, so you're that that's a clean sheet play all the way. Um, but at twenty eight hundred bucks, it, it frees up a lot of cash. From when I then realized didn't really help me that much because um, they're just not a ton of high priced players that I liked this week. So I I originally had gone with Adrian at fifty two hundred just to to pair with Burke. I then threw in Kelvin Davis at forty five hundred, um, but I might go I might go back to Adrian just because they're playing at home. Um, I'm also, my hesitation is I'm not sure West Ham wins that game. I'm more confident in Southampton, and with the five-point win bonus for a goalkeeper, you you have to get the win. So I have money left over basically for any goalkeeper I want, but um, which could end up being David De Gea 
thinking that Manchester United wins that game against uh, West Brom, but the difficulty in choosing him is if I, it's, it's totally lineup based. So, you know, if like RVP starts, I'd be more confident in De Gea. The problem is, is that he plays in that later game. He plays on the late game on Saturday. So it's not like I can easily swap him out after I see the, the lineup. Correct. So I'm not sure what I'm doing there. So right now I have Davis Burke and Trippier as yep. my, uh, back line there. All right. And uh, move on to your midfielders. I had originally slotted in Charlie Adam which I can't believe I did it. Uh, Stokes playing at Swansea. I think Stoke has a little more to play for. He's at 6,200. It's a lot. His, it's a lot. His last five games, he has 21, 15, 18, 19, and 31 fantasy points. Last week was just an incredible game. He had a goal on eight shots, three on goal, and 10 crosses. It, it literally it was like the perfect DraftKings output. Yeah. Um, but then I remembered that he, he was... He's ch- replacing the value that Victor Moses once had. I don't think Moses ever had a run like this. I know no, he did. Never, never. Um, but then I remembered he was Charlie Adam, and the odds that he extends this to six games are, are so... He's actually just as likely to get a red card in the fifth minute. <laughs> right. So I swapped him out for 4300 I saved uh, 1900 bucks for Matt Phillips. Uh, um, who... Samesies. Oh, yeah. So <laughs> they're basically the same without the... Matt Phillips had 31 points three games ago. Yeah. So... Um, so I forty three hundred. I liked him, and then I coupled him with a fifty six hundred dollar Ashley Young, who is a a fantasy player that nobody would ever consider playing if it wasn't for DraftKings because of the crosses. Yep. But he has seventeen in the last three games, and so you got to go. And, and playing as a defender, it's tough. Yep. So it's it's tough because he's not going to really give you much offensively except for crosses. Right. Right. I mean, he so, had a, uh, you know he'll have a goal or a random goal or assist, but yeah, yeah, it's, he's not I, uh, fully involved. I paired my Matthew Phillips with a 5,100 Jordan Henderson. Oh, I thought about Henderson. I thought about Coutinho, Henderson. Um, yeah, I, I've been on record before, and I'll say it again. Philip Coutinho is extraordinarily overrated. The <laughs> yeah. fact that he was considered for PFA Player of the Year to me was a joke. Not even considered. He was on it. Uh, he I, made uh, the, the wonderful I met, comparison. I meant on the short list. Yeah, like, that he, he was on oh, the for Player list. of the Year. Yeah, yeah. He that was, he has the same number of goals and assists as Falcao. Who's the biggest flop in the Premier League? Yeah, and not only that, Bronislav Ivanovic has the same amount of goals mm-hmm. and more assists mm-hmm. than Philippe Coutinho. Yeah, it's a joke. It's yeah. an absolute joke. This guy is—he's—he's he's good in spurts, but a lot of players are good in spurts. Anyway, I don't want to you, get. Too- you'd have to think that because I'm—I'm fairly certain at least three, if not all four, of his goals have come from like 25 yards out. Yeah, and if those all came from five yards out. We wouldn't even think about it. Anyway, he's who's your ah. attacking line? Yes, uh, he, you know, you know, you know who Coutinho is. He's one of the three result players from baseball. It's either a walk, a strikeout, or a home run. Yeah. Anyway, and we play in a batting average league in this, so the that walks don't even count for much. Right. <laughs> All right. Um, Christian Benteke is one of my forwards at 7,900. Romelu Lukaku is at 8,100. And the most expensive of the bunch, I'm hoping he starts, is Robin Van Persie at 8,400. I think that's a good discount on Van Persie if he starts. I totally agree with you. I have Van Persie and Benteke as well. Um, I have 1,900 bucks left over. Um, and so I spent 9,000 on Charlie Austin. And I, the only reason I did that is because I'm not sure where else I would spend it. That you the, also have Matt Phillips. So, I mean, it's a good pairing. Yep, yep. I, I'm looking at 
basically the, the highest priced options that are available to me are Rooney, who's out, Sterling, who I I just don't think is worth the eighty six hundred. Um, Graziano Pele is actually one I did consider eighty five hundred, um, and I may make that switch, but as of now I haven't. Di Maria at eighty two hundred with no guaranteed start is awful, and and then it's uh, Falcao at eighty one hundred with Lukaku, and so Van Persie I basically have to flex because yeah, if he doesn't yeah, start. Yeah. In the Saturday game, you lose so many key players because Tottenham play on Sunday, City plays on yeah. Sunday. Arsenal, Actually, you lose Monday. all the top four. Arsenal right. plays on Monday, and Chelsea play on Sunday. Right, so. and so you're, yeah, and so you're left with having to figure out whether Graziano Pele is a better play than Charlie Austin, you know, things like that. And so, you know, which is fine, but I'm just not sure. So if Van Persie starts, he's a guaranteed play at 8,400. If he doesn't start. It has to be Falcao. Like, you know, one of them have to start. I, do we James Wilson? I doubt it. <laughs> I do too, but if it is James yeah. Wilson, I'm drafting him. I'm also not sure Wilson would start by himself up top. I don't think they've ever done that. And yeah. so I don't expect it to happen now. But so you put Van Persie in the flex with the possibility that Di Maria starts. I was about to say, I think if you're going to save your money for someone, it would be Di Maria. Right. Well, I, I, I had, Di Maria is 200 less than Van Persie. Van Persie is the most expensive of he, Di Maria, and Falcao. So. Yeah, what I mean, though, is like if you're going to replace somebody. Oh, if you're going to have to replace Van Persie. I understand. Right. Never mind. If they all get my comment, yeah, I, I if Van Persie and Di Maria start, I'm not sure where I go to be honest. If, if, if I wasn't lazy, I would have just edited out these last 10, 15 seconds of. Uh-huh this podcast because I just completely misspoke. No, but so I'm not sure who I would play between Di Maria and Van Persie if they both start. I'll have to see how I feel on Sunday. Fair. Which is why he's in my which is why Van Persie's in my flex position. Right. Right. All right. And on that note, we will end this uh, it's a rare consensus here. So we will end the episode of the Roadwire Fans Soccer Podcast on that consensus. We will catch you next week where I'm sure there'll be even more shenanigans talk creeping into the regular fantasy advice here on the World of Wire Fantasy Soccer Podcast. I'll catch you next week, Andrew. Sounds good. All right. For more great content, go to worldwire.com slash soccer. It's all free and it's all for you. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.